Our second message this afternoon is from Mr. Steve Andrews. It's entitled King David's Elohim Band. Steve. We are all very familiar with David, King David, and his prowess and his uh, and those that would follow him. In the Bible, they're called heroes because they would go out and they would slaughter hundreds, sometimes thousands, of the enemy. And of course, David was the same. He he was fearless in his battles and his ability to to fight off the enemy. And we know that when he faced Goliath, he took you know, five stones. He was going to take care of all the giants if he had to. We know that story. But he faced him. Even without any armor, he took down Goliath. We know this David, this powerful young man who became king of Israel. But do we really know the other side of David? that wonderful side of David in his heart, that side of David in which he was a master and very talented musician. It's very interesting if you read about David and what he, he did to set up maybe the first organized marching band. <laughs> and so I, that's what I've called it. King David's Elohim band. I was going to call it God's band, but I, I think Elohim is probably a good one that it seemed to fit in for this. But David's talents for this particular area were very, very interesting, and I appreciate the music today, uh, especially that first one seemed to fit right in with this message. Um, he had a, 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 a great talent. He probably was very, very good at organizing um, these, this, this musical um, band, and then eventually he also organized a permanent praise and worship. I would call it a band, but maybe it was almost an orchestra. We're going to see that today. He was a, uh, not only did he, was he good at organizing, but he was also a writer of music, and he sang, and he played. And we know that one of the, the, the areas that he was very good at was um, playing that, um, I guess it's the lyre or the harp or whatever it's called, because he did sit before Saul, and when Saul would have the, the troubling spirit, he would come and play before him. And just as he was finished, uh, Saul would try to kill him. Wow, what a, what a time that David went through. But this is very interesting uh, part of, of David's life that I was so fascinated with as I began to read through this. And in 1 Corinthians, uh, of Chronicles, not Corinthians, we won't, go, we won't get, uh, uh, even though uh, Corinthians sometimes is on my mind, let's go to 1 Chronicles, the 15th chapter. It'll be a little easier to, to bring this message to you today uh, out of Chronicles. Um, beginning in verses 1 through 4, David learned a lesson. And it's interesting how he um, came about developing um, his attitude because any time that he, he was told that he was wrong, he would repent, he would change. He would try to find some way of changing. 
And David made, in verses 1 through 4, let's start out here. David made him houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched it for, for it a tent. And David said, none ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites. For them the Lord chose, uh, for the Lord chosen to carry the ark to minister him f- forever. So the mistake was that they put the ark, of course, on a cart. They thought this was a good idea. And uh, one of the, the cart bearers put his hand up to keep the, the ark from falling, and God took care of him. It was not the way to do it. David learned, and he realized, he said, this, and he was very, he was very upset about it. He was very, um, he was even a little bit upset with God for taking the man's life. But he should have read. He should have been, he, he realized he should have read uh, the book. So he said, uh, none ought to carry the ark but the Levites. And David gathered, in verse 3, David gathered all Israel together to Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the Lord to its place which he had prepared for it. And David assembled the children of Aaron and the Levites. And I'm going I'm to skip a few verses here because I want to get to the heart and meat of this, of this. It's a select group that David picks. These are very special people. Because this is a very special thing that David is going to do in bringing this ark to the city of David. And so, he says in verse, uh, picking up now in verse 11, And David called for Zadok and Abiathar, the priests, and for the Levites, for Uriel, uh, Uriel and Asaiah, and Joel, and Shemaiah, and Eliel, and Amenadab, and he said to them, You are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourself, both you and your brethren, that you may bring up the ark of the Lord of Israel to the place that I have prepared for it. Sanctify yourself. Get ready. This is very important, David says. For because you did not, at the first, the Lord our God had a breach among, upon us, for that we sought him not after due order. David was very specific in telling him. So the priests and the Levites sanctified themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. And the children of the Levites bore the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon, as Moses commanded, according to the word of the Lord. They did what was right. And God blessed them in it. And David spoke to the chief of the Levites to appoint brethren to be the singers with instruments of music, psalteries and harps and cymbals sounding by lifting up the voice, uh, lifting up the voice with joy. So here we have this beginning of this band. David says we're going to bring this ark with a whole instrumental band. And not only that, but we're going to have voices that are going to raise to God. I don't know how many of you are familiar with um, uh, the Andy Griffith show. And I kept, and I was thinking about this. Um, <laughs> uh, the mayor in this particular uh, uh, show was not about to, to let the Mayberry Band go for another year to be embarrassed. <laughs> He just was not going to do it. 
And so the band kept going, would go before him, and oh, they were just awful. They were just terrible. He says, no, you're not going. I'm not going to give you a dime to go. You're not going. Well, a professional band came through. They knew this band. And so they dressed them all up in all their uniforms, and of course they had some of their people there too. And they ran that band across the mayor, and oh, it sounded so good. It was so sweet, so good. So the mayor gave in. Okay, you know, they kind of snuck that other band in there and made it sweet for them. And um, <laughs> the funny part is, is that when they got on the bus, they started practicing before they got away from the mayor. And oh, it was bad again. And they just were so bad. And he just shook his head. They did it to me again. And so the band went. But David is not like that story. David has put this band together. And do you not believe, and even though it's a short sentence here, do you not believe that he had this band come together and they practiced and practiced and practiced? They were going to be the best because the band that they, that they formed was not to play before men. That band was going to play before God. And everything that they played was going to raise joy and rejoicing to God, to Elaham, Elaham, however you want to pronounce it. And the band that was to be formed was to be the best. As we see, so the Levites appointed Heman, the son of Joel, and of his brethren. It's actually, if you look this up, it's not Asaph, it's Asaph. But I'm going to call him Asaph anyway. <laughs> I, I, I would have a hard time with Hebrew, so I, I apologize. But this is his name that I've, I've gone by. So it's Asaph, the son of Barak, uh, Chia. And of the sons of uh, Mirabai, their brethren, Ethan and the uh, son of Cushaiah. Uh, and with them, their brethren of the second degree, Zechariah, Ben, J-A-Z-L, and Shemur-Amoth, and Jehiel, and, uh, pardon me, I'm just trying to get through it, and uh, Uni, and Eliab, and Benaiah, and Maasiah, and uh, Mattitiah, and Elah, and Micaiah, and uh, Obedidim, <sighs> and G-I-L, the porters. So, we have a whole bunch of names. We have a whole bunch that have been selected. Even though I may not have pronounced them right, they've been selected. So the singers, Heman, so here we have singers. We have singers. They know that they can sing. Heman, Asaph, and Ethan, these three were singers, were appointed to sound with the symbols of brass. Now, if any of you remember that, that Andy Griffith show, it starts out with Barney and two big symbols. And he's a pounding these symbols right over uh, um, Andy, Andy Griffith. He's just a pounding these symbols. He says, We're ready to go. We're ready. 
and they'd sound awful. They, it's terrible. But he's just ready. He's ready to use those symbols. Don't you know that the, what is selected to be played, now I don't know if it's two symbols or one symbol with a, you know, uh, an instrument to play it, or maybe it's just something special, but whatever was chosen by these singers was very special and would be very melodious and would be a very great honor. And Zechariah and Aziel and Shemuramoth and uh, Jehiel and Uni and Eliab and <sighs> Maaseiah and Benaniah and with psalteries on um, Alamoth. So, now we have cymbals and um, stringed instruments and Mattiah and Eli and all the rest of those um, with harps and Shemath, um, I'm just going to skip some of these uh, names because you're probably tired of me trying to pronounce them anyway. Um, Shemaniath uh, to excel. And then we have this man, Shenaniah, chief of the Levites, for song. He instructed about the song because he was skillful. He was skillful. He was trained. He could he could. He could train people to sing. And so he became the leader of the song, the singers. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it? Right here, we have a, maybe a whole orchestra, at least a band being put together with these people who are very talented in their abilities. And Berchia, in verse 23, and Elkanah were doorkeepers for the ark. And Shibaniah and Jehoshaphat and Nethanel and Amasaniah and Zechariah and Benaniah and Eleazar the priest did blow with the trumpets before the ark of God. And Abinadam uh, and Jehiah were doorkeepers for the ark. So here we have all these instruments, don't we? We have all of these instruments that are being put together and all of these people that have instruments to play plus the singers. So now we have a marching band with all this instrumentation. And I can just see. David says we will practice and we will practice and we will practice until we are the best. We will not go until we're the best. We already know how to carry the ark. We already know the procedure, but when it comes to this music, when it comes to this music, we are going to be perfect. We're honoring God. We're bringing this message before God. And I see that our, you know, our praise and worship team, they practice. They don't come up here and, and, and sing these songs without practicing. They come every Thursday. They practice, and they practice. It's important to be skillful in what they, they use, and these we're going to to be praising and worshiping God and bringing the ark to the city of David. So, in verse 25, David and the elders of Israel and the captains over thousands went to bring the, up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the house of Abinadam. With joy. They were so joyous. And it came to pass when God helped the Levites that bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams. 
And David was clothed with a robe of, lin of fine linen, and all the Levites that bore the ark and the singers, and Chenaniah, the master of the song with singers, David also had upon him a ephod of linen. So they were well dressed. They had, they had band clothes on. <laughs> I guess you could bring it into more modern uh, vernacular. They had their instrumentations. They had their nice clothes on. They were bringing something so valuable, so important to the nation of Israel. The ark of God was going to be brought to the city of God. And, a, and I can see that David probably uh, spared no expense in whatever it took, whatever it took, to worship God in the way that his heart felt like they should worship him. And what God was probably putting into his heart, too, through that spirit. Thus all of Israel brought up the ark of the covenant of the Lord with shouting, with the sound of the cornet, with the trumpets and with the cymbals, making the noise with psalteries and harps. It wasn't a a cacophony of, of noise. It was beautiful. It was beautiful noise that was laid together to worship God. And it came to pass as the ark of the covenant of the Lord came to the city of David that Michael, the daughter of Saul, looking out of the window, saw King David dancing and playing, and she's despised him in her heart. Not a very good thing to do, but that was her um, attitude. So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent. And David had pitched for it, and they offered burnt, uh, burnt sacrifices, peace offerings before God. Chapter 16, verse 1. When David had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he dwelt, he dealt to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. It was a feast. It was a joyous time. It was something that, that David had looked forward to even before this and had made a, a grave error, and the Levites had made a grave error. But now it had been changed, and there was rejoicing in, in the city of David. And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record and to thank and to praise God of Israel. Asaph, now listen, instead of just disbanding this, this, this wonderful orchestra, this wonderful band that had brought the ark in, David says, we're going to praise God every day. We're going to sing to God every day. We're going to raise our voices every day. And so Asaph the chief, and next to him Zechariah and Zael and Shemara and Jehiel and all the rest of them. Um, <laughs> you can read those names. Uh, with psalteries, with harps. But Asaph made a sound with cymbals. So now we have an orchestra or a small, well, I don't know how many were in it, but there was those that were now praising God with music in the city of David before the ark and raising their voices. Benaniah also and Jehaziel, the priests with trumpets continually before the Ark of the Covenant of God. Can you imagine how that must have sounded? The, the praise that they were bringing towards the, the Creator to their God. 
Then on that day, David delivered for this psalm, this song to thank the Lord in the hand of Asaph, his brethren. He wrote this, and I think I was reading a commentary. Part of these are several, you'll find some of these words in some of the different psalms. But it's such a beautiful psalm. It just, it just shows you where, God, where David's heart was towards the God that he worshipped. And how joyous and happy he was to have the Ark of the Covenant now in a place where he could honor God with this music and all that he could honor him with. He delivered this psalm to Asaph. He says, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, verse 8. Sing to him, sing psalms to him, talk you of all his wondrous works. Music is a part of all of our congregations, and I'm so thankful that we have musicians here. You know, sometimes our smaller congregations that are um, independent ones, they, they have to use the canned music. And I am so very thankful that we have um, those that can play the instruments, since I'm not able to do that. But it's, it's wonderful to hear that music being played. And the, um, I, I, maybe he's Asaph over here, uh, uh, Ron, you know. <laughs> he's our Asaph over here. He uh, plays the cymbals. Uh, the, and, and keeps the beat for the, for the congregation on the drums. And we're rejoicing when we bring our music before God. And that's part of our worship. Sing to Him, verse 9 again. Sing to Him, sing psalms to Him. Talk you of all His wondrous works. Glory you in His holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek Him, His face continually. Remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O oh, you seed of Israel, his servants, you children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. No matter whether the atheists reject God or not, his judgments are in all the earth. They're there. Be you mindful always of his covenant, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. They have not been done away. The commandments, the precepts, the, the statutes of God have not been done away. He says to thousands of generations, even of the covenant which he made with Abraham and of his oath to Isaac, and has confirmed the same to Jacob for the law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. Remember, David wrote these words. He, lay, he penned these words, and he, he probably had uh, song notes and things added to this so that it could be sung and so that it could be instrumented. Beautiful words. And, of course, in my Bible, the, this, these, in verse 18, this is in red. He says, To you will I give the land of Canaan a lot of your inheritance when you were but few, even a few, and strangers in it. And when they went from the nation to nation and from kingdom to kingdom uh, to another people, he allowed no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sake, saying, Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Show forth from day to day his salvation. 
Declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. And he goes on, and I would, I would like to read every bit of this, and I think that it would be good for you um, to read it if you get a chance. But I wanna, what I really want to do is I want to turn to some of the Psalms. And David's, remember that he gave this Psalm to Asaph. It's interesting. Asaph is a very talented individual also. And there are 12 Asaph Psalms in the Bible. 12 Asaph Psalms in the Bible. Now, I have brought my uh, iPad, as uh, um, Doyle was pointing out, because these introductions that are in the, in the beginning of these um, psalms sometimes are, have some interesting things in them. And I'd like to turn to, uh, and I don't know if I, uh, uh, if, you know, I had this going all the way to the end, but I, I think I'm going to go ahead, if, if, if Brian can pick it up, and... Um, in these psalms, I am just going to read the beginning of these um, deals. Turn to Psalm 61. Brian doesn't have this in his, I, I don't think that these are in those um, uh, psalm deals, but the introductions are very interesting. They are kind of like telling us what, what's going to happen. What, if you went to a concert, you would get a, a, a deal handed out to you to say this is, Especially if, you, especially if you go to an opera and you have the foggiest idea what they're saying. <laughs> you know, you don't know what in the world they're singing because you don't know Latin or whatever they're saying. And if they're even singing in English, they're singing so high or so, you know, you can't understand them. But anyway, in the beginnings of these, each one of these psalms, there is some, not all of them, but some of them, there are some instructions instructions for how to, how to sing the song or how to, how to put it to music. And, and so, in uh, Psalm 61, I'm just the, this is just the instruction. To the chief musician upon Niganah. And um, what is a Niganah? So we're here, we're going to see if we can, oh, well, it's, it's not going to cooperate with me here. So we're going to go to uh, Psalm. And let's see if I can find a Psalm in here. Oh, there we go. And, oops, that's not it. Psalm. 61, and verse 1, to the chief musician, musician on Enigma. So that is uh, properly instrumental music. By implication, a stringed instrument. By extension, a poem set to music, especially an uh, epigram. Uh, stringed instrument, music, Enigmaoff, uh, a song. So this first one, 61, this is the chief musician upon Enigmaoff. It's a psalm of David. It's a song that David has written. And he's given instruction that it's going to be by a stringed instrument. 62. To the chief musician. So he hands this song, this psalm, this song, to the chief musician, to uh, Jehudathan, a psalm of David. Now, what does that, uh, what does the musician understand about Jehudathan? So we'll go over here to 62. Psalm, oops, uh, you're probably already there, but. We'll try to get there anyway. Come on. 62. And I'm not going to go through all of these, but I, I just thought it was interesting. So, uh, Jehudathan is um, properly uh, laudatory, uh, an Israelite, Jehudathan. So that must be a, a man. 
to, uh, to the chief musician to Jehudathan. So you're going to give it to, to this particular guy. And it's a psalm of David. And so they're going to, they're going to sing this psalm, 62. This, this is a song. In 63, it's a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Various things happened to David, and he would, he would pin a song or an instruction to the children of Israel. And we have it today. 64, to the chief musician, a psalm of David. To the chief musician, a psalm and a song of David. So maybe there's a difference in how it's actually presented. 66, to the chief musician, a song or a psalm. 67, to the chief musician, aniganah, again, a stringed instrument, a psalm or a song. Psalm 68, to the chief musician, a song, a psalm or a song of David. 69, to the chief musician upon, sh uh, boy, I am, <laughs> uh, anybody want to try that one on for size? 69. <laughs> All right, let's try this one. Maybe they have, a, maybe there's a good uh, deal here. Let's see if he's, Shushan, or Shoshan, or Shoshanaya, or something like that. Anyway, it's a, a lily from its whiteness as a flower or architectural ornament, also a trumpet from a tubular shape. The tubular shape, so it's a trumpet. So this particular song was to go with a trumpet. So you would have them um, singing, reciting, and the trumpet would be with it. Now you see this, the music comes out in these psalms. To the chief musician, so he's, hand, and this is interesting, the musician, there, there's somebody out there that takes these psalms and, and, and then puts, uh, does what needs to be done with them. A psalm of David, to bring to remembrance, this is, was 70. And then 71 is just, there's nothing in the beginning of it, it's just Psalm 71. Now beginning in, in 72, a psalm for Solomon. Beginning in 73 is the 12th um, uh, Psalms of Asaph. And it's interesting. And I'm not going to read all of them, but I, I, like, I like the introductory verses in some of these. It's very interesting. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such are of a clean heart. Truly God is good to Israel. God is good to us. As long as we're Worshiping and, and staying on God's, uh, with, with God, he's good to us. Now, 74. This word, um, maschil, meschil, however that one is, let's find out what that is. Psalm 74 and verse 1. So this is a, this is a instructive psalm. This is an instruction of Asaph. And this is 74, and so there's instruction in this Psalm 74. That is a, a diadetic poem. So uh, these are poetic, instructive. In 75, Asaph, this is a chief musician, uh, Al Tesca. 
a psalm or a song of Asaph. So in 75, let's look at this really just real quick. This is about the last one that I'll go in, in depth through um, uh, to finding this out. But let's find out what that is real quickly. So that word is another one of those I can't pronounce. Um, and it's Altash Kayeth. Altash Kayeth. Uh, from 408 and from 7843. Thou must not destroy. Probably the opening words of a popular, popular uh, song. Thou must not destroy. So, interesting. To the chief musician. Thou must not destroy a psalm or a song of Asaph. To you, O God, do we give thanks. To you do we give thanks. For you, for that your name is near your wondrous works declare. 76 is the chief musician on Neganuf. We've already looked that one up. Um, 77 to the chief musician to Jehudathan, a psalm of Asaph. And Mashkiel of Asaph on 78. Now, verse 22. I, this, is, this is a fascinating psalm. And for those of you that want a little exercise in... in in uh, digging up words, this is one of those fascinating psalms that you have to, under, you have to know uh, Hebrew to, to, to understand it. Because in the King James Version, you only get the word God and, and uh, Lord and the big Lord and little Lord. And sometimes you get um, other, other words, uh, the Most High and the Holy One and things like that. But if you go back and you look, Asaph uses several different Hebrew names for God in this one psalm, and it is um, 72 verses long. And what it is is a psalm of rehearsing their coming out of Egypt, and he does it twice. And of course, there's a lot of instruction and there's a lot of, of correction in this in this psalm. But this is one I've been studying and trying to really work through because there's a lot in here that, that I really don't quite understand because of the different names that he uses. But in verse 22, verse 22, think about this. Because they believe not Elohim, God, and trusted not his salvation. Well, if you go and look at the word salvation, and by the way, my easy reader sometimes marks that word, and that word is Joshua, or Yahshua, Yeshua. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that profound? Because they believed not God, and they trusted not in the Savior. That's exactly what's going on today. And it's becoming more and more prevalent in this society. They believe not God as the Creator, and they surely want to wipe all understanding about the salvation through Jesus Christ, our only Savior. Isn't this, this is profound. So anyway, for those of you who uh, would like to um, uh, delve a little deeper into that, that's uh, something that I have been working on. It may be a, a message later. Uh, Psalm 79, a Psalm of Asaph. Psalm 80, uh, to the chief musician upon uh, all of that, and a Psalm of Asaph. Now, I would like to pause 
because I think it's important to read some of Asaph's uh, shorter psalms. And it's very interesting because in my Bible, when the easy reader thinks that it's God that's talking, puts it in red. <laughs> so in Psalm 81, I'm going to go through all, you know, all 16 verses. <laughs> and it's, a, it's, to the, it's to the chief musician. Oh, well, hey, we've got to find out what uh, Giddeth is. We've got to find out what that is. So, Psalm 81, and number one, and that is um, a harp. So, I get it, get, or however, uh, get teeth. So, if you get teeth, you got a harp. <laughs> so, if you get teeth, you got a harp. Um, anyway, let's read the Psalm. Sing aloud to God our strength. Make a joyful noise to God of Jacob, to the God of Jacob. Take a psalm and bring here the timbrel and the pleasant heart with the psaltery. Throughout the psalms, throughout all of the psalms, throughout David's um, um, kingship, music was a very important. Instrumentation was very important. To not have instruments in the in, you know, in, uh, to play would have been something that David would not have had. And so I don't understand why certain churches are, are, are against instrument, some instruments, or, or no instruments. It's interesting because the Bible talks about raising those instruments in joyous um, song to God. The trumpet, the harp, uh, the, the cymbal, uh, uh, the, the, uh, yeah, the cymbal, and... Um, different instruments that are raised to enjoy a song. He says, Blow the trumpet in the new mean in the time appointed in our solemn feast day. For this is a statute for Israel and a law, the God of Jacob. This he ordained in Joseph for a testimony when he went out through the land of Egypt, where I heard a language that I understood not. I removed his shoulder from the burden, his hands, were delivered from the pots. He called in trouble and I delivered you. Oh, you called in trouble and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I proved you at the waters of Meribah, Silah. That means, pause, think about this. Think about what God is telling us in these words. Hear, O my people, and I will testify to you, O Israel, if you will hearken to me. There shall no strange God be in you, neither shall you worship any strange God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up to their own hearts, lust, uh, their own hearts, lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Oh, that my people had hearkened to me and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves to him, but their time should have endured forever. He should have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey out of the rock, should I have satisfied you. If 
Israel had just listened to God, if they had continued to worship God the way that David had set it up, with the joy of the, of the worship that he had set, it would have been so well with Israel, and I think the world would have been totally different. In, verse, in, chapter, in Psalm 82, it's a psalm of Asaph. I'm only just going to read 82 and 83. I'm going to finish up here in a minute. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Defend as Salah. There's another pause. Here's, here's a statement. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Let's think about that. Today, aren't we accepting those persons of the wicked unjustly? I mean, the judges are... Uh, are handing down things that are just so unbelievable. Defend the, the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, you are gods, and all of you are the children of the Most High. Right? What Jesus quoted, wasn't it? <laughs> but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. There is, there is all kinds of interesting things in the Psalms, from prophetic things to um, judgment on uh, nations to um, just being corrected by the word. And these were written to be sung so that people would sing them over and over again. And for those of us that were in Worldwide, we remember how many times we would sing Psalm 1, Blessed and Happy is the Man. And it's a beautiful psalm. And it's something that, that sometimes it comes into my mind because um, God says those that, that worship God are blessed. Keep not your silence, O God, Hold not your peace. This is Psalm 83, verse 1. Keep not your silence, O God. Hold not your peace, and be not still, O God. And that one, in, in that verse there, the first God is Elohim, and the second God is, e, is El. For lo, your enemies make a tumult, tumult, and they that hate you have lifted up the head. What are we seeing today? Aren't we seeing that? The atheists are lifting up their head. They hate God. They hate Jesus. They hate anything that has anything to do with it. And they want it all done away with. They have taken crafty counsel against your people, consulted against your hidden ones. This is so prophetic because this is what's going on today. They've gone to the, these minorities, because that's what they are in this nation, have now used the courts to try to bring about the end of this way that we understand. And it will finally filter down to us and the way that we believe. The Jews are having problems in Jerusalem and that area. They have said, come and let us cut them off from the 
from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. All the enemies that surround Jerusalem and surround Israel, that's exactly what they want, isn't it? They want to destroy that nation. They want to drive them into the sea. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against you. The tabernacles of Eden, the, the Ishmaelites of Moab, and the Harganines, Gebel and Ammon, Amalek, the Philistines, with the inhabitants of Tyre. <laughs> so prophetic. Right out of the Bible. This is the days that are going on right now in that land. Asher also is joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot, Salah. Do to them as to the Midianites, as to Sisera, as to Jabin, and to the book of Kison, which perished at Endor, and they became as dung on the earth. Make their nobles like Orad and like Zeb, yea, all their princes as Zeba, and Zalman, no. we could go back and we could study each one of these because I think that's in the, in the uh, history of the, uh, and we could see how God dealt with them. Who said, let us take to ourselves the houses of God in possession. Oh my God, make them like a wheel as the stubble before the wind. Cut them off. Get rid of them. Like ISIS. We want to we wanna destroy them before they begin to be so, so powerful that they begin to take over nations. As a fire burns a, a wood and as a flame sets the mountains on fire, so persecute them with your tempest and make them afraid of your storm. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. That'll come in the kingdom, won't it? They'll have to worship. Their legs will be knocked out from under them and they'll have to worship. They'll have to come to the God They'll have to come to Jesus. Let them be confounded and troubled forever. Yea, let them be put to shame and perish, that men may know that you, whose name alone, and in my Bible it's in all capital letters, is Jehovah, are the Most High over all the earth. Some profound psalms are in there, and as you read them and you, you inculcate them, you think about them, they're, they're powerful psalms. Let's turn to uh, some of the, the three last psalms, which are very, very short. And they're, they're also very powerful, but they, they're the, the psalms that, that, that tell us to raise our voice in praise of God. In praise. Praise you the Lord. Praise you the Lord. Psalm 148. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We sing that, hallelujah, don't we? Praise you the Lord. Praise from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise you Him, all His angels. Praise you Him, all His hosts. Don't they do that? They praise God in the heavens. And we come before God and we raise our voices in psalm, in the psalms or in the song that we sing. We are part of that worship service. And whether you or up here, or down there. When you sing, you are worshiping God. 
no, we have to have some leadership because not all of us have that musical talent. And I'm so thankful for that. So when they lead and we sing with them and they, they bring that message out, we are lifting our voice with that same message. We are praising God. We're praising Him. He says, praise you, Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars and light. Praise Him, you heavens of heavens and you waters that are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for He commanded and they were created. He has also established them forever, has made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, you dragons and all the deeps, fire and hail and snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling His word, mountains and all the hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth both young men and maiden, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and the heavens. He also exalts the horn of His people, the praise of all His saints, even of the children of Israel. A people near to Him, praise you the Lord. Hallelujah, it says. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Praise you the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song, and His praise in the congregation of the saints. Let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. Let them praise His name in dance. Let them sing praises to Him with the timbrel and the harp. See, it comes out, doesn't it? We use those instruments. We want to praise God with, with the joyous instruments that we have. The, the, the drums, the, the cymbals, the guitars, uh, the the, the beautiful piano and all the different keys that uh, art can stick in there to, to, to change that, the, the, the different types of instrumentation. All of that is part of what we use to praise God, to raise our joyful, uh, a joyful uh, uh, blessing to God. <clears throat> Let him praise his name. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. Verse 4. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and the two-edged sword in their hand. Sing and use the Bible to, to win a battle. That's a, that's a tremendous verse. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and judgments upon the people. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them judgment written, this honor have all his saints. Praise you the Lord. And that's also prophetic. Because one day we will be in the kingdom. And one day we will, we will be binding those, um, those kings who are not obedient to the law of God. Psalm 150. Praise you the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise Him in the, uh, in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for, he is, for His mighty acts. And that's the reason why, and you see in the, in the Bible, they're always rehearsing, aren't they? They're always rehearsing the coming out of Egypt. They rehearse Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They always are rehearsing what happened to Israel when they forsook God. So praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent grace, greatness. Praise Him 
with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the, the high-sounding cymbals. All kinds of instruments. God loves song. He loves for us to raise our voices in song. Let everything, but we do it in order, don't we? We want, if we're going to praise God, we want to be able to do it in an orderly fashion. We want to do it in an orderly fashion, not just some, you know, gobbledygook, because that's exactly what David told those. He wanted perfection. He wanted perfection, and I know we're not perfect in how we sing out there, but we try to the best of our ability to raise our voices, to praise Him to the best of our ability. Praise Him on the loud cymbals. Praise Him on the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise you, the Lord. That's interesting. <laughs> the last few verses is hallelujah in Psalms. Praise you, the Lord. I had one more verse that, that, uh, I, that he doesn't have. That's actually just a few, few verses here. It's actually found in, in Nehemiah. And I wanted to show you how... Um, how this came down um, to the second temple and how the Ezra and Nehemiah actually brought this same worship into the temple, the second temple, and commissioned it to be, to be done in the second temple. It's in Nehemiah, the 12th chapter. I'm going to read a few verses. I'm not going to read all of this. I'm just going to read a few verses here. In Nehemiah, the 12th chapter, and because there's so many of these names that I know I'm not going to get right, so I'm just going to try to, to get through it. And if, you, if you'll notice, which is very interesting, some of these names are almost identical to the names that David had as instrument players and, and, and uh, singers in his time. And we know this is many years later, but when you read through this, Hey, did this guy come back alive to, to, for the second temple? Well, we know that didn't happen, but it's very interesting. He said, And certain of the priests, sons with trumpets, namely Zechariah and the son of jo uh, Jonathan and the son of Sh Shemaiah and the son of Mattaniah and the son of Micaiah and the son of Zachur and the son of Asaph, and his brethren, Shemaniah, Shemaiah, and Ezreel, and Milaliah, and Gilali, and, uh, and uh, I'm going to leave you with the rest of those. I can, I can say Judah and uh, Hananiah, with the musical instruments of David, the man of God, and Ezra, the scribe, before them. Interesting. Verse 40 to 42. So stood the two companies of them that gave thanks in the house of God, and I and half the rulers with me. And the priest, Eliakim, and Maaseah, and my Naamim, and my, and boy, I tell you what, they're going to raise up in the, in the, in the resurrection, and pff, they're going to say, boy, you really butchered my names. <laughs> uh, I said, well, hey, uh, 
right now, you can tell me how to pronounce this name, and I'll, I'll be a lot better off. <laughs> we'll get together with this name pronouncing. Uh, Micaiah, L-I-O-E, Naya, uh, and of course Zachariah, I know that one. And then Hannah and I with trumpets. So we have some with trumpets, and then um, Maaseah, and Shemaiah, and Eli, uh, Eliazar, and Uzziah, and Jehoahana, and Malkiah, uh, 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 and Elam, and Ezer. And the singer sang loud with Jezrahiah, their overseer. So they had somebody that was out there conducting them. <laughs> they were singing loud as they was being conducted, just as we do today. And they were, they were raising their voices. I'm just picking a few verses here. And this is very interesting in verse 46, as, we, as I finish this message here, verse 46. For in the days of David and Asaph, of old, there were chief of the singers and songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. And all Israel, the days of Zerubbabel and the days of Nehemiah, gave the portions of the singers and the porters every day of their portion. And they sanctified holy things to the Levites, and the Levites sanctified them to the children of Aaron. Let us raise our voice in praise to God.